Today's guests are familiar names in the industry, Tom Ryan and Jay Witter of AA Home Care. They join HME News in 10 to talk about the industry's recent wins in Congress and AA Home Care's plan to build on those wins in the year ahead. A big part of that plan? Cultivating relationships on the Hill from congressional staffers to party leaders. Stay tuned. I'm Liz Bollier. And I'm Teresa Flaherty. And this is HME News in 10 from HME News. This episode of HME News in 10 is sponsored by the HME Data Bank. The HME Data Bank has the data you need to make knowledgeable decisions and move your business in the right direction. Determine your market share and track your competitors with the most comprehensive database of Medicare statistics available. For more information and to subscribe, visit www.hmedatabank.com. The HME industry closed the books on 2022 with several key wins in the omnibus bill. Tom, how did that feel? It, it felt good. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, when we can put dollars back into our members and to the industry, uh, we're feeling good about that. And I, I think we've proven that we can be an association that can take on several issues and, and get several wins. We've had some proven wins over the last couple of years. And, and I think between the grassroots efforts of our members and, and you know, non-members, and between our assets we have in D.C., uh, not only obviously Jay Witter, but uh, the lobby firms we have and key industry lobbyists, I really felt that we, you know, left it all on the field. If we weren't going to get it, we did everything possible that we could. And uh, at the end of the day, everybody wants to get a win, but I'm happy to say we did get several key wins. So, yeah, feeling very good about that, but I'm not a historian. I'm somebody that closes the books and and, and looks for the challenge in the next Congress. So uh, here we are ready to move forward uh, in the next Congress. Yeah, speaking of that next chapter, Tom and Jay, we're still looking for reimbursement relief in competitive bidding areas. Obviously, HR 6641 would have implemented that 90-10 blended reimbursement rate in those areas. That wasn't included in the omnibus bill, but Jay, how does it give the industry a framework to build on in 2023? Yeah, thanks. It you know, it was a great effort. You know, we had the two priorities is to extend the CARES Act for non-CB areas and then provide relief in the competitive bidding areas in H.R. 6641. Uh, we had great champions in the House, Kathy McMorris-Rogers, who is the, the new chair of, of the Energy and Commerce Committee in the 118th Congress, Paul Tonko, who is on the Energy and Commerce Committee from New York, and Mark Wayne Mullen, who won his Senate election. They were great champions, and the intel was they worked that issue right up until the very end. It was a really tough fight in the omnibus, and there was a lot of competing provisions that people were trying to include. We went to the very end, uh, but procedurally, you know, the CARES Act extension was, was a bit more advanced. It had a, a congressional budget office cost estimate, a score, and it also had technical assistance on the language from CMS. And HR 6641 didn't have that. We are actively working with the committees to get those so we can move forward. And so I see this, the 117th Congress has ended, the new Congress has started, but I see a continuation. We made great strides in the Senate and just look forward to continuing the fight. What might industry stakeholders do differently this year to get 90-10 across the finish line? Are there, are there lessons learned from last year, Jay? 
Yes, there's quite a bit of, uh, you know, I think a lot of lessons, a lot of intel. I think, you know, the, the effort uh, we need to do more work in the Senate, and, and we've already talked to some folks about that. We need to get the Congressional Budget Office score, but a real emphasis for our, you know, grassroots and, and our lobbying is to get more Democratic support on the committees of jurisdiction. Uh, we had tremendous support from the Republican side during the negotiations. And I think the real focus and, and the real, real area where our grassroots and our, our lobbying efforts could be improved is to, to obtain more Democratic champions in the House and Senate. And I think there's great opportunity, you know, here in the next couple of months to, to, to get some really good champions on board. Yeah, that dovetails nicely into our next question, Jay, and this one's for you, Tom. Jay mentioned champions that have been on the industry side, including Rep. Kathy McMorris-Rogers, and also more recently, Senator John Thune. Tom, do you expect these relationships to continue, and, and are you looking at other potential champions? It sounds like there's a need to, to, to get more champions, especially on the Democratic side. Yeah, no, I think these are uh, industry champions, and they continue to want to work with us. As I've heard Jay said, sometimes when you go through a, a kind of a dogfight like an omnibus where everybody's got, you know, competing priorities to get in, there's a little fatigue. But our champions pretty much came out into the next Congress and said we're ready to go. Now, you know, that doesn't mean you have staff changes. We've already seen a staff change at the Senator Thune's office, and that always makes things a little bit more difficult. But Jay has got a, a good uh, relationship uh, within uh, the Hill, so uh, I'm sure anybody that comes on board, uh, they'll know who we are. So we, we have to, again, working with staff is very, very important. Jay's got several lined up, and, and that, that'll be our goal, to continue to get the message out, let them understand that, and there's issues here, and uh, continue to develop more champions. It's a new session of Congress. It's still early days, but Jay, have you begun any outreach yet? And how's that been going? What kind of a what kind of an environment are we dealing with? Yes, thank you. So yes, so from day one, the day that Congress was was supposed to be sworn in on January third, I was up on the hill, and and that day, usually the swearing in day is where members of Congress open up their offices and have receptions and it's it's a great time to connect and and there's a lot of hope and 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 goodwill at, you know the first day of the session so i i uh, i met with about 15 different offices and then the next week there was there was additional receptions so i i covered probably 20 different offices and, and talked directly to the the members of congress that you know helped us and and potentially could help us and as Tom had mentioned, you know, the concern is always that, you know, we ruffled some feathers during the fight, and, and that's what we need to do. You know, we're, uh, I think we're starting in a very good place, and, and to be honest with you, it's probably the best we've had in years with the number of champions we have. The industry is unified behind these initiatives, and, you know, our, our champions are in very key places. So. You know, we're very optimistic. We're looking forward to this Congress and making additional advances and getting some good wins for the industry. As the industry continues to advocate for reimbursement relief, Tom, how are the next round of competitive bidding and the end of the PHE wildcards that have to be maneuvered? 
Well, yeah, that's very, very important. We've got to work with Congress to encourage CMS to provide, you know, clarity on their plans for the competitive bidding program. You know, CMS indicates its plans is to move forward. We want to work with Congress on, on legislation that would codify into law some of the important guardrails that we currently have in place, clearing price methodology, and uh, using the unadjusted fee schedules as a bid ceiling. And, and very importantly, if CB is going to move forward with these 13 product categories, we need to work with Congress and require CMS to accept the higher rates if that's the result of the bidding process. I think they've had price discovery, and if they didn't see savings in the last round of bids pre-pandemic, I certainly don't think you're going to see savings in, in a future round. So if you're really intent on, on making sure the competitive bidding program goes forward, it's got to be a two-way street. So that, that's very important. And uh, we're checking those boxes now, checking in with the administration, and uh, determining you know where we are with those product categories. Yeah, the PHE is the next question. You know, that is a wild card, but I think all indications are that it's going to be ending soon. We have recently saw them extend the public health emergency to uh, April 11th, uh, 2023. We'll be looking uh, really in the next couple of weeks, two weeks in February, to see if that 60-day notice from HHS to the governors comes into play, letting them know they're going to unwind the uh, PHE. I think working with Kim and our uh, council, we are really geared to recommendations post-PHE. And more importantly, if that does end, that just shows how important this legislation was. Because if we didn't have that legislation that passed an omnibus, that would have been about a 30% decrease for members in non-bid, non-rural areas. So a lot to come, but I guess if I'm a a betting man, I think this PHE will end this year and we'll have to make sure that the things that we are concerned about, like grandfathering oxygen patients, grandfathering CGMs, get attention of the members of Congress so they can weigh into CMS. Great. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for the roadmap and look forward to following the progress this year in 2023. And that's HME News in 10.